Chapter Ten of the Four Feathers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary Ullman. The Four Feathers by A. E. Mason. The Wells of Obak. In the month of May, Durrance lifted his eyes from the Wadi Hatha, and began eagerly to look homeward but in the contrary direction five hundred miles to the south of his frontier town on the other side of the great nubian desert and the belly of stones the events of real importance to him were occurring without his knowledge on the deserted track between berber and suakin the wells of obak are sunk deep amongst mounds of shifting sand east where the belt of trees divides the dunes from a hard stony plain built with granite hills westward the desert stretches for fifty-eight waterless miles to mahobe and berber on the nile a desert so flat that the merest tuft of grass knee-high seems at the distance of a mile a tree promising shade for a new day halt and a pile of stones no bigger than one might see by the side of any roadway in repair achieves the statue of a considerable hill in this particular may there could be no spot more desolate than the wells of obak the sun blazed upon it from six in the morning with an intolerable heat and all night the wind blew across it piercingly cold and played with the sand as it would building pyramids house-high and levelling them tunnelling valleys silting up long slopes so that the face of the country was continually changed the vultures and the stand grouse held it undisturbed in perpetual tenancy and to make the spot yet more desolate there remained scattered here and there the bleached bones and skeletons of camels to bear evidence that about these wells once the caravans had crossed and halted and the remnants of a house built of branches bent in hoops showed that once arabs had herded their goats and made their habitation there now the sun rose and set and the hot sun pressed upon an empty round of honey-coloured earth silence brooded there like night upon the waters and the absolute stillness made it a place of mystery and expectations yet in this month of may one man sojourned by the wells and sojourned secretly every morning at sunrise he drove two camels swift riding mares of the pure bisharin breed from the belt of trees watered them and sat by the well mouth for the space of three hours then he drove them back again into the shelter of the trees and fed them delicately with dahora upon a cloth and for the rest of the day he appeared no more for five mornings he thus came from his hiding place and sat looking towards the sand dunes and berber and no one approached him but on a sixth as he was on the point of returning to his shelter he saw the figures of a man and a donkey suddenly outlined against the sky upon a crest of the sand the arab seated by the well looked first at the donkey and remarking its gray color half rose to his feet but as he rose he looked at the man who drove it and saw that while his jellab was drawn forward over his face to protect it from the sun his bare legs showed of an elderly blackness against the sand the donkey driver was a negro the arab sat down again and waited with an air of the most complete indifference for the stranger to descend to him 
he did not even move or turn when he heard the negro's feet treading the sand close behind him salam alaikum said the negro as he stopped he carried a long spear and a short one and a shield of hide these he laid upon the ground and sat by the arab's side the arab bowed his head and returned the salutation alaikum es salam said he and he waited it is about fatima asked the negro the arab nodded and assent two days ago the other continued a man of bisharin musa fedil stopped me in the market-place of berber and seeing that i was hungry gave me food when i had eaten he charged me to drive this donkey to abu fatma at the wells of obak abu fatma looked carelessly at the donkey as though now for the first time he had remarked it taib he said no less carelessly the donkey is mine and he sat inattentive and motionless as though the negro's business was done and he might go the negro however held his ground i am here to meet musa fadil again on the third morning from now in the market-place of berber give me a token which i may carry back so that he may know i have filled the charge and reward me abu fatma took his knife from the small of his back and picked up a stick from the ground notched it thrice at each end this should be a sign to musa fadil and he handed the stick to his companion the negro tied it securely into a corner of his wrap loosened his water skin from the donkey's back filled it at the well and slung it about his shoulders then he picked up his spear and his shield abu fatma watched him labor up the slope of loose sand and disappear again on the further incline of the crest then in his turn he rose and hastily when harry faversham had set out from obak six days before to traverse the fifty-eight miles of barren desert to the nile this great donkey had carried his water skins and food abu fatma drove the donkey down amongst the tree and fastening it to a stem examined its shoulders in the left shoulder a tiny incision had been made and the skin neatly stitched up again with fine thread he cut the stitches and pressing open the two edges of the wound forced out a tiny package little bigger than a potion stamp the package was a goat's bladder and enclosed within the bladder was a note written in arabic and folded very small abu fatma had not been gordon's body servant for nothing he had been taught during his service to read he unfolded the note and this is what was written the houses which were once berber are destroyed and a new town of wide streets is building there is no longer any sound by which i may know the ruins of yusuf's house from the ruins of a hundred houses nor does yusuf any longer sell rock salt in the bazaar yet wait for me another week the arab of bisharim who wrote the letter was harry feversham wearing the patched juba of the dervishes over his stained skin his hair frizzed on the crown of his head and falling upon the nape of his neck in locks matted and gummed into the semblance of seaweed he went about his search for yusuf through the wide streets of new berber with its gaping pits to the south and separated by a mile or so of desert lay the old town where abu fatma had slept one night and hidden the letters a warren of ruined houses facing upon narrow alleys and winding streets the front walls had been pulled down the roofs carried away 
only the bare inner walls were left standing so that feversham when he wandered amongst them vainly at night seemed to have come into a long lanes of five courts crumbling into delay and each court was only distinguishable from its neighbour by a degree of ruin already the foxes made their burrows beneath the walls he had calculated that one night would have been the term of his stay in berber he was to have crept through the gate in the dusk of evening and before the grey light had quenched the stars his face should be set towards obak now he must go steadily forward amongst the crowds like a man that has business of moment dreading conversation lest his tongue should betray him listening ever for the name of yusuf to strike upon his ears despair kept him company at times and fear always but from the sharp pangs of these emotions a sort of madness was begotten in him a frenzy of obstinacy a belief fanatical as the dark religion of those amongst whom he moved that he could not fail and the world go on that there could be no justice in the whole scheme of the universe great enough to lay his heavy burden upon the one man least fitted to bear it and then callously to destroy him because he tried fear had him in its grip on that morning three days after he had left abu fatma at the wells when coming over a slope he first saw the sand stretched like a lagoon up to the dark brown walls of the town and the overshadowing foliage of the big date palms rising on the nile bank beyond within these walls were the crowded dervishes it was surely the merest madness for a man to imagine that he could escape detection there even for an hour was it right he began to ask that a man should even try the longer he stood the more insistent did this question grow the low mud walls grew strangely sinister the welcome green of the waving palms after so many arid days of sun and sand and stones became an ironical invitation to death he began to wonder whether he had not already done enough for honour in venturing so near the sun beat upon him his strength ebbed from him as though his veins were open if he were caught he thought as surely he would be oh very surely he saw the fanatical faces crowding fiercely about him were not mutilations practised he looked about him shivering even in the strong heat and the great loneliness of the place smote upon him so that his knees shook he faced about and commenced to run leaping in a panic alone and unpursued across the naked desert under the sun while from his throat feeble cries broke inarticulately he ran however only for a few yards and it was the very violence of his flight which stopped him these four years of anticipation were as nothing then he had schooled himself in the tongue he had lived in the bazaars to no end he was still the caravan he was still the craven who had sent in his papers the quiet confidence with which he had revealed his plan to lieutenant such over the table in the criterion grill-room was the mere vainglory of a man who continually deceived himself and ethne he dropped upon the ground and drawing his coat over his head lay a brown spot indistinguishable from the sand about him an irregularity in the great waste surface of earth 
he shut the prospects from his eyes and over the thousands of miles of continent and sea he drew ethne's face towards him a little while and he was back again in donegal the summer night whispered through the open doorway in the hall in a room nearby people danced to the music he saw the three feathers fluttering in the door he read the growing trouble in ethne's face if he could do this thing and the still harder thing which he now knew to lie beyond he might perhaps some day see that face cleared of its trouble there were significant words too in his ears i should have no doubt that you and i would see much of one another afterwards towards the setting of the sun he rose from the ground and walking down towards berber passed between the gates End of chapter 10